if you have a Bible this morning. I have some verses for you. I'm very happy to be here, be in service. It's good to see all your smiling faces. Everybody happy, happy, huh? All right, that's good. We have a lot to be happy about. They used to have a, a little thing in the paper. I think they called it sad sack. Well, I don't, ha I don't want any sad sacks. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read to you from the book of Second Peter to begin with. Second Peter 1 and 12. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. Everybody said remembrance. Of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. All right. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. The uh, psalmist. Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember. Everybody said remember. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Now, there are some people that don't know his name. Oh, lots of people will say Jesus, but they really don't know his name. They don't know the power of his name. They don't know really know who he is. They have not, unfortunately, gotten that revelation yet. Their understanding has not been opened to that yet. And we're praying that it will. We're praying that they'll come to the knowledge of the truth that there is one God and that his name is Jesus Christ and that the Bible does not, that's what the Bible teaches. And the Bible does not teach a trinity of gods or persons or any other derivatives thereof. But the Bible teaches there is one God. Okay? The enemy, of course, uh, wanted to introduce anything that would go against God. And you know that in your Ten Commandments contained thereof, uh, the teaching that there is only one God and you're not to have any other God before you. He said, I'm not going to have any other God before me. And I'm sure you're well aware of the biblical teaching, uh, how that uh, in the Philistines they had their little house of worship and they had an idol made of stone, rather large and big, to their God, Dagon. And I guess the Lord decided to not only teach them a powerful message, but also so that he could say, Dagon, because uh, they found Mr. Dagon over on his face, and his hands and his feet were off. And so maybe the Lord was trying to get a message, number one, you made this, you worship this, and this can't shake hands with you, and this can't walk on feet, this can't do anything can't smell, can't hear, can't feel, can't speak. And um, so the Lord decided to put him on his face, make him respect a little bit. And it's important that you and I have no other God before us. There's nothing else that we worship. We, our worship we will not give to another. Our worship goes to God and God alone. And I'm very thrilled that you and I are blessed to know his name. People who say they know his name and then refuse to be baptized in his name, they don't know his name. One, one poor, mixed up, sad little case said that she didn't feel any difference when she was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's nothing more than unbelief because she did it just to do it. She didn't do it believing in her heart. And that's certainly some, somebody that needs to pray and needs to be prayed for, that they could awaken, they could get their spiritual senses awakened and become alert 
and realize that um, I've, I've told this uh, little true story, true account about a young lady that was raised up, very strong influence in her life was her grandmother. Nothing wrong with that. And, but grandmother, it always she had a, a, a taste for ice cream. And she would send her granddaughter to the store to buy some Napoleon ice cream. And so she'd go down and she'd get Napoleon ice cream. And she'd bring it to her grandmother. Years and years and years, this young lady graduated from high school and went on to college, put in some college time, even went into service, put in some service time, and um, got a, all kinds of degrees, even a master's degree. Still going to the store to get Napoleon ice cream. And so one day, she um, went to the store and she didn't see it. So she asked the person who stocks the place, where's the Napoleon ice cream? And he said, what? She said, Napoleon ice cream. Where is it? I don't see it today. And he's looking, he's going, Napoleon ice cream? He's scratching his head, Napoleon ice cream. Now, this guy doesn't have a master's degree. This guy has not graduated from college. Um, maybe, maybe he, he made it out of high school. But he had no clue what Napoleon ice cream I, he said, I thought Napoleon was that guy, you know, with the hat, the funny hat, and the pose, you know, and general over there in France one day and something. And um, finally, you know, he little light bulb went on, and he said, oh, oh. He said, you mean Neapolitan ice cream? And she said, no, Napoleon. And he said, hey, I'm the stalker here. Yeah, he said, I stock this stuff every day. And he said, I'm telling you. It's Neapolitan. So she came to realize that, bless Grandma's heart, but for all those years, Grandma had told her something that wasn't true. Now, whether Grandmother knew it or just maybe Grandmother's mother gave her that and handed that down. And there's a lesson here because things can be handed down that are not correct. And we can fight and feel like they're right. In reality, they're not right. Now, Neapolitan ice cream, you know, the vanilla, the chocolate, and the strawberry, as opposed to you calling it Napoleon, I really don't care. You know, if, if you, you know, I had my kids growing up, I remember it wasn't a refrigerator, it was a re refrigerator. And um, I remember they got so furious one time when somebody said they were going to Miami, and they said, that's not your Amy, that's Miami. Okay. Okay. You know, there are funny little things that come along in life, and sometimes they're harmless. You know, and they many things start out harmless. Many things start out harmless. You can get a a uh, splinter, and that can start out very harmless until it festers up and you know gets all red, and gets all infected. And then it started out simple enough and but you didn't do anything about it, and now it's gotten your attention. Or maybe you um, suddenly got a broken piece of pencil off in your, under your skin, and you didn't think much about it, but that lead got into your bloodstream, and now you got a big red welt all the way up your arm. You've got lead poisoning. Started out simple enough, no big deal. You know, you just paid it no mind, but after a while, it was bad enough that it got your attention. So there are things that, spiritually speaking, that you and I need to remember that they can start very small and seem innocent and, and just no big deal. And there may be somebody that's looking at the situation and saying, I see where this is going. And it's, it's going in a direction that it's going to be bad. And when it gets bad enough, it's going to get your attention. And then you're going to wonder what to do about it. How do I undo what I've allowed to go on and become so bad? And sometimes it gets past the point where you really can't do anything about it. 
there are situations where people have gotten infections and it's gotten so bad that the only thing left to do is to amputate. That's not a good thing, is it? So it's important that you and I uh, get into developing some right habits, doing it the right way, looking for uh, what pleases God. Now, one thing that's going to please God, I can tell you, is for us to remember His name, that we're so fortunate to really have the revelation of His name, that it's not just, what did He say to the disciples? Whom do men say that I am? What's the, what's the gossip? Who do men say that I am? And uh, they, one popped off one, another popped off another, another threw out another, and and he just kind of mm-hmm, figures. And uh, you know how, how wrong people can get it. Some say you're Jeremiah. Well, Jeremiah was dead a long time ago. Well, then somebody wanted to get a little nasty, and they said, well, they say you're one of the old prophets risen up. I'm sure Jesus was like, what are you calling old? But uh, how wrong they, they were. Public opinion. All the gossips going in their corners, and everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody they claim has an opinion about politics and religion. Well, I don't have either. I care nothing for politics, and I don't have religion. I have salvation, and uh, I don't want to have an opinion. I want to have chapter and verse. I want to have subject matter. I want to have no-so salvation. I don't want there to be any doubt in my mind. Let's take a look at a contradiction. Somebody told me the other day that they saw a track, something you hand out and invite people to church with. And they saw one. It was, it was uh, laid out there for people. And, and they took it up and it said, Acts 2.38 is of the devil. And I said, excuse me? Now I said, now, you know, that's really strange. To take the Bible, take a chapter and a verse out of the Word of God, and say it's of the devil. When the Bible tells you that all Scripture is given of God. All of it. So how do we take one of it and say it's of the devil? We only do that when we have a bad spirit. When we want our way so much that... We're like a crane way up on a high rise and we're overreaching to where we tumble. We fall. We get so out of balance. And that's happened. And there are things that aid and abet that happening. There are winds. You ever read about winds of doctrine? There are winds that can come. And tempestuous winds, powerful winds. And the enemy knows how to set people up for a fall. And we want to we want to remember the name of our God. We want to remember in the midst of the winds and the storm. We want to remember when the skies are blue and beautiful and it's sunny. We want to be on guard about a carelessness and a careless ease, a kicking back, throwing my feet up, hands behind my head, and take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. You know. And uh, we'll just move on to something bigger and badder. And God speaks up and says, Thou fool, this night thy soul is required of thee. And now everything that you think is so great, who's that going to belong to? And I, I, I shudder about people who want to preserve their name, a bridge or a park or whatever. And I, I, that bothers me. I don't ever want anything like that. Because I'm going to tell you what, when, you, when your spirit and soul leaves this body, you're not going to care anything about back here. Not one thing, not a, especially if you go with Jesus. You're not going to care anything about anything back here. Matter of fact, what didn't the writer say to the Lord? He said, um, the grave won't praise you. There'll be no remembrance in the grave. Not going to be any of that. But I'll tell you where there's going to be remembrance. There's going to be, oh, there's going to be a lot of remembering about God. Going to be a lot of remembering about services like this. Going to be a lot of remembrance about preaching and chapter and verse and subject matter. 
and the word forewarned is in the Bible. And there'll be the remembrance of the forewarning being told ahead of time. It's going to be there. Because the Bible said there was a fellow that just feasted on life and looked down at the church. You know, the word impervious is in the Bible one time. And it's just that bold looking down at and disdaining, like Goliath looked at David. He said, what am I, what am I, dog, that you send this little pipsqueak out here to fight me? And that's how the rich man felt when he looked at Lazarus. He said, what is that? Man, I got too many other important things to do. But you know, Lazarus, if you want to use the term woke up, Lazarus woke up having been taken by the angels to the arms of the everlasting God. But the rich man, he lifted up his eyes in hell, being in torment. And he started remembering. He started remembering. He remembered his kinfolk. And he started saying, send somebody back to tell them not to come here. Tell them to cancel their tickets for this place. To call the travel agency and tell them, I don't want to go there. I've just heard news and I don't want to go there. But the church, we will remember the name of our God. We know the name of our God. We're going to call to remembrance for all of eternity. We're going to be with him, and we're going to know his name. We're not, we're not going to hesitate and not be sure of his name. We're going to be well convinced here and now, and it will carry it through with us, world without end. His name is Jesus Christ. And you don't say, I believe in that name, and then refuse to be baptized in that name. That's not going to work. That's, that's a, a huge contradiction. Let us realize how important the name of Jesus Christ is. The blood is in that name. And without that blood... There's no forgiveness of sins. And you can't make it to heaven with that big dump truck load of dirt you're carrying around. You've got to get rid of that. And Jesus Christ is telling you to back it up. I can't, I think it was 1,522 yard dump trucks that we had to back up out here, fill this property out here to build this building on. Early in the morning. I remember the lady coming from the city, driving down the street with her pickup truck and the trailer on the back and the mowers, going out to mow early in the morning. There I am out there waving those big trucks in, and she stopped. She said, Ralph. I said, yes. She said, you need to get you something red or orange on. We can't see you out here. <laughs> so I don't know what it was. I found something one day. I don't know if it was a, a towel or what, so I was out there waving the towel. So she'd go by smiling and waving at me then. She was happy with me then. And, uh, but I'm saying to you that we, we had all them dump trucks, and they had to back up and dump and dump and dump all those cubic yards of a quarter of a million dollars worth of, of dirt out there that's compactable that you can build on. I want you to know, number one, Jesus Christ wants you to back up your dirt and dump it right at his feet. That's your sin. That's your garbage. That's the dross in your life. He's telling you, back it up and let's get rid of it. Let's take care of this. I want to wash you in my blood. And you get that by my name in water baptism. You get buried with Jesus Christ. We're going to bury the old person. We're going to bury the old sinful person. You're going to get rid of every bad thought, every bad action, every bad deed, everything you said wrong, thought wrong, acted wrong, did wrong. You can get rid of it. You can get rid of it. Amen. You can get rid of it. You can get rid of it. And without that blood, meaning without that name, you can't get rid of it. You cannot get rid of it. It means that you're not 
believing in the Lamb who sacrificed and gave his life on the cross. That, that flesh that was spoken into existence and came in by way of Mary, that flesh that grew up and went about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil, that one that said, they're going to take me, they're going to whip me, they're going to beat me, and they're going to crucify me. And I will, I will hang on that cross. I'll put in a full day's work all day long. And I will expire at the end. And I will give up the spirit. My flesh will lie there, uh, nailed on that cross, hang there. And I will be taken down. And I will be placed in the burial place. He said, you go ahead and destroy this, this temple, this body. You destroy the lamb. He said, but in three days, he said, I'm going to raise it back up. And he did. The same spirit that withdrew from that fleshly body re-entered that fleshly body and glorified it on that third day. And he arose again from the dead and was shown with victory and glory for 40 days. Infallible proofs and sent his to-be church down the road and to an upper room of a church house. And there they remembered. They remembered. They didn't forget. They knew who to call upon. They knew whose name to baptize in, and they baptized people in the name of Jesus Christ. And they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they went forth, and they began to preach and fill their city, Jerusalem, with this doctrine. The doctrine was not accept Christ as your personal Savior. The doctrine was repent of your sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the doctrine. That's the apostles' doctrine that came from Jesus Christ. He gave it to them, and they gave it to the rest of us. And it's a common faith and a common salvation. And here we are, almost 2,000 years down the road, and the church has remembered the name of our God. We have not forgotten His name. We call upon the name of Jesus. We preach the name of Jesus. We baptize in the name of Jesus. And to those critics who are looking for somehow, somewhere, you know, sometimes people, uh, I've told you before about the, the individual that said, let me hurry up and tell you this gossip before I find out it's not true. Well, you know, people, people uh, salivate over, over gossip, like some people salivate over Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, or somebody's chicken. You ought to try ours. Thursdays and Fridays in South Bay. Oh, that's a plug. Anyway, you ought to try ours. It's so much better. All right. And we even throw in baked beans and other good sides like that. Oh, we're, in, we're doing good over there, man. It's a good fundraiser. Well, anyway. And, and it all gets cooked on the torpedo. You know, it's really cool. Well, anyway, I'm saying to you that we, we remember our God. We remember his name. We remember his truth. The Bible teaches in Jude's writing, he said that we should earnestly contend for the faith. And that's what the church has continued to do for almost 2,000 years and will do until that first resurrection, commonly referred to as the rapture, takes place. The church will be teaching and preaching and publishing the name of Jesus Christ in water baptism and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost right up to that split second when the church is taken out of here. The dead in Christ rising first, and we which are alive and actively in remaining and involved in preaching and teaching and witnessing this word, this truth, right up to that split second, you know? And, it's, and, and I want you to believe that. The church is not going to forget their God. Matter of fact, I'd like to give you an example from the book of Judges, chapter 3 and verse 7. Judges chapter 3 and verse 7. And the children of Israel did evil. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. God looked at this and said, this is evil. What'd they do? And they forgot the Lord their God, and they served Balaam and the groves. That means they got involved with idolatry. They were, they were worshiping something or someone other than the Lord God Almighty. And they forgot. That's the way it's spelled in the King James Version, forgot. 
F-O-R-G-A-T, forgot. Forgot, okay? We would say today, forgot, okay? But it means the same thing. 1 Samuel 12 and 9. 1 Samuel 12 and 9. And when they forgot the Lord their God, he sold them into the hand of Sisera, captain of the Lord, of the host of Hazar, and into the hands of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab, and they fought against them. You know, sometimes, and most of the time, a little tribulation, a little persecution, a little feeling like you're all that, and you get a little forgetful. And all of a sudden you look around and you realize things aren't going so good. And then you, you do what they did. They cried unto the Lord. You kind of wake up. Oh, oh, where are you? <laughs> Help. Huh? That's us. That's typical of us. But we can, we can get a little ahead of the curve here. We can learn. We can learn. I don't think anybody here is an old dog. Because you know they say you, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. So I, uh, I'm saying to you that I don't think anybody here is an old dog. I think we can learn. I believe Jesus believes that because he said, come unto me and learn of me. And you know, he wants to, and one reason that's going to be true for us is because we're going to get rid of the old. All right? We're going to get rid of the old. And we're, we're embracing the new. Jesus wants to give you a new life. He, when you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you come up out of the waters of baptism and you're born again off water right then, when you come up out of the water, then you are to walk in newness of life. It's going to be a brand new you walking in those shoes. Okay? You're going to be, you're going to be done with the old. I don't want to do it the way I've always done it. I don't want to go the old paths and the, the old habits that have plagued me all my life and been ruining my life and things not working out. I don't want to fall into the same old rut. You know what a rut is, don't you? A rut is a grave. It just has both ends kicked out. We don't want to wind up in that kind of shape. We don't want that at all. We want the newness of life. This is a New Testament. God is saying, I'm making a new covenant. We're going to agree together. I'm going to make a new agreement with you. I'm giving you an opportunity here. The ones before you, they did it wrong. I tried to make a covenant with them, and they broke it. I said, but you know what? Because of the multitude of my mercies, because the Bible said God so loved the world, because while we were enemies against God in our wicked and carnal minds, yet in all of that, he still loved us. And he's reaching for us. And he's reaching for you this morning. And he's trying to tell you, don't forget me. Don't forget me. How many times you said that you were going to live for me? How many times you said that you were going to follow through and do it right this time? How many times? And he's trying to tell you, don't forget me. Lest you get overrun by the enemy and the things of this life. And you'll see that that enemy is going to be coming after you. It was 430 years. That's four centuries plus 30, at least, that uh, God had given a promise. And he had told Abraham, Abraham handed it down to Isaac, Isaac handed it down to Jacob, and that he was going to visit them. And you know, God always shows up on time. <laughs> and so sure enough, God took the preacher and trained him real good, took him out there in the backside of the desert. And the, you know, the, 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 uh, Moses thought that he was, gonna, he was just going to show everybody that he was going to be the man. And the first sermon out of his mouth got him in so much trouble, he ran away for 40 years. <laughs> that was a very unpopular sermon. And uh, he took off running. I think he broke the Olympic record for the 40-yard dash and he took off, man. And uh, they didn't see him again for 40 years. 
And God was training them, teaching them, humbling them down, getting them ready. And uh, so, you know, you leave the preacher alone. God will take care of the preacher. Okay? And believe me, when he smacks me, he smacks me. He gets my attention. My pastor used to say that he was so hard-headed that the Lord had to hit him over the head with a two-by-four just to get his attention. So um, sometimes it's that way. But you, you leave the preacher to God. You take care of you. You work on you, not your neighbor. You know, well, that was a good sermon for you. Uh. <laughs> uh. Now, you want to take that to heart for yourself. You, you, you can see fault in everybody else, but you can't never read your own. If somebody, the crazy thing you're doing right now, if somebody else was doing it, you'd be on the phone to them, you'd be texting them, Twittering them, and everything else, telling them. You shouldn't be doing that. You're crazy. Why are you doing that, girl? But you're doing it, and it's all right. It's all right. And nobody can't tell you any different, right? Not that you're stubborn or anything. I can't. Oh, you wouldn't be stubborn, would you? You. <laughs> no way. Psalm 22 and 27. All the ends of the world shall remember. Everybody said remember. This is such a good, positive scripture. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. I like that. I'm looking for a great, big, beautiful, end-time revival. I'm looking for us to go into cities, and man, you know we got a, our own general contractor. We, we, uh, we've got our own AC guy and Eddie. And electric, he carries two guns, and uh, and and we've got we've got uh, Pastor Hopper and Brother Chuck that can do anything. And uh, so not only are we becoming self-sufficient in those regards, you know, but on top of all of that, we have the Lord. That's the main thing. He's our Alpha and Omega. He's our beginning and ending. He's our first. We know his name. We know his name. And his name is Jesus, Jesus Christ. And we're not going to forget that. We're not going to forget that. We're not going to cease preaching that, teaching that, calling on his name. We're going to keep on keeping on. And everybody said amen. amen. All right. So I'm looking at Psalm 78 and 11. I'm trying to keep it a little balanced with the what I call the negative and the positive here. This one's going to be a little negative, I think. Psalm 78, verse 11. I'll back up to verse 10 and give you a run and start. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in His law and forgot His works and His wonders that he had shown them, they forgot. They forgot. They didn't remember. They forgot. Hmm? Sometimes forgetting something might not seem like a big deal to you. Might not seem like anything. So what? Ah, oh, come on. Yeah, I forgot. Whatever. Yeah. Well, let me give you an example. When it when it comes down to that forgetfulness, affects you then it's a big deal. I've seen a lot of things with the, with the church family over the years. Right here in this place, 37 years. 37 years of my life. Right here. Okay? Tomorrow I'll be 38. <laughs> 37 years. Right here. And um, what I'm saying to you is that uh, we have this Bible prophet by the name of Joseph. And Joseph... Joseph is a dreamer. Joseph is in the spirit. Joseph has a heart that God's going to use. Only problem is he had, he had this thing called inexperience. And I think I told you about the person who went for a job interview and they got down to the end of the thing and the person said, oh, I'm sorry, you don't have any experience and this job calls for experience. So bye-bye. So out they went. And I'll make it short. So they went through 17 interviews that day and every one of them ended up the same. So on the very last one of the day, uh, as the person was about to say the same thing about 
oh, you don't have any experience, and this job requires experience, the person stopped him and said, I have a question. The person, interviewer looked at him and said, yes. Said, Where do you get that stuff? What stuff? That experience stuff. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so anyway, you know, in our inexperience, uh, there are, we, we have to grow and we have to learn, obviously. We have to gain experience. One man in the Bible, and we call it, uh, ripping a page out of Laban's book, um, how that he said, I have learned by experience. So it, it, it is a rather tough teacher sometimes. Well, anyway, uh, Joseph was a little inexperienced, and he's just thinking everybody will be as happy as he is about what God's doing in his life. And so he opens his mouth, and the first thing that happens is jealousy rose up. And the next thing he knew, he was in the pit with a, with a, and no way out until they decided to pull him out and sell him to a bunch of Ishmaelites that were nomadic traveling through the land, and, and they sold him as a slave. But you know what? God was with him. I'm glad God's with me in my mistakes. I'm not trying to make these mistakes, but I'm glad he's there when I do. And uh, so, Joseph, um, in his exuberance, got himself in a little trouble. And he finds himself down there in Egypt, and he's a slave, and, uh, but he's on the auction block, and the Lord arranges for him to come off the auction block and places him in a beautiful situation. And I imagine Joseph was feeling really good because he'd come from the pit and nothing, and now he is the steward and the manager over Potiphar's household, and obviously Potiphar was well off, and so and Joseph was, he was industrious. He, was, he had energy, and he was doing the job. And everything was going great, but the next thing that rose up was that old lion spirit. And here, here come a covetous lion spirit. And you know it's been said that hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And when old Potiphar's wife set her eyes on that good-looking, handsome GQ Joseph, whoo, brother, and Joseph said, Speak to the hand. I ain't listening. He's heading down the road. He's getting away from her. Man, she couldn't take that. Why, everybody wants me, honey child. Come on. She got my nails done. <laughs> I wanted to tell her, honey, instead of your nails and your pedicure, you might want to lose about 50 pounds. Some people think, you know, you go do all that junk and put all this stuff on the outside and that it, it kind of hides you. And it like, it, it, I don't know, somehow it, it turns you into something that you think you want to, you are, and you're not. Let me tell you what's going to turn you into something you need to be that you're not. It's called the gift of the Holy Ghost, okay? Because it doesn't matter if you're <clears throat> tall or short. It doesn't matter if you're skinny or not skinny. Flacco or flacca. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It does not matter at all. It doesn't matter if you're smart or not so smart. It doesn't matter if you have money or don't have any money. You get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You get on the inside. That's where the gold goes, honey, on the inside. Get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Moses learned that one. And when it came time to come down out of the mountain and God had given him the law, and friend, Moses delivered the law. The law came by Moses. And when he came down off that mountain, he heard something going on that oughtn't have been going on. And Joshua's standing around. He's the next guy coming up who's a Mr. Inexperience. And uh, you, see, you see, Joshua, he thought he heard the uh, gospel quartet going on down there. And... And Moses said, no, I think that's Rihanna or Beyonce, one of them. Wait a minute. Something wrong here. Something ain't right here. And when he got a peek around the corner of that mountain, he said, yeah, that's Rihanna or Beyonce with them booze. Oh, yeah. That ain't nothing my children need to be doing. Did you hear me say that? That's not anything your children need to be doing. And that's nothing against the individual. They just need what we got. 
They just need to remember their God. Okay? And before them, just remember, there was a, a Brittany. And before her, there was a Madonna. And before her, there's somebody else and somebody else. And, some, and now it's so bad, we got gagging. Oh, it's Gaga. Excuse me. I thought it was gagging. I have a gag reflex. What can I say? <laughs> and it gives me an acid reflux. <laughs> it just gets worse. It just gets worse. What kind of, what are you trying to bring into your life? Where's your plans for where you're going? What are you thinking about? You may be beautiful now, but you're not always going to be beautiful. The flower of your youth is going to depart. And I'm telling you, there's remembrance in hell. And you're going to remember all the opportunities that God gave you and how much he loved you, even while you were kicking against him and fighting against him and resisting him and stubborn, attitudinal. And here he is trying to help you. Here he is trying to help you. And the, and the psalmist said, you know, here I'm trying to give them a, a covenant. I'm trying to make an agreement with them. I am offering them. You're getting the, the bigger end of the stick here. You know, you're getting the, the, the bigger thing here. I'm, I'm offering this to you. And, uh, but they, they broke it, and then they forgot. They just forgot. And that's what happened with Joseph. Joseph winds up in jail, you know, for something he didn't do. Innocent. Innocent. A true, everybody in jail is innocent. You know that. But, but, but Joseph truly was innocent. That's what makes it bad. Because everybody's screaming innocent. That makes it bad for the guy who truly is innocent. And so while he's in jail, two other guys get thrown in jail. One of them's a butler and one of them's a baker. To Pharaoh, to the king, to the top guy of the land. And um, they're bemoaning and upset, of course. And they go to bed one night, and they wake up the next morning. They look at each other, and the guy says, I had a dream. The other guy says, I did too. Must have been those beans we ate at Taco Bell. Anyway, they were, uh, they were um, puzzled about their dream. And so Joseph saw their countenance, and he saw how sad they looked. Now, you know, you can't never tell when people are sad, right? Don't you love when people do that? You know, they just bound and determined they're going to get your attention. Walk around like old sad sack. Old brother. Well, anyway, if you want attention, just simply lift up your head. Lift up your hands. Lift up your eyes and ask God. He's paying attention, and he wants to shower you with attention. Okay? You don't have to do odd, weird, attention-getting things. You just need to call on the Lord. Because he, he, he is paying attention, and he is concerned about you, and he does love you, and he wants to help you. But it's going to take some change here. It's going to take you being willing to make some change for the good. He's offering you a new covenant now, a new agreement, because the old one broke, and you broke it. He wants to make a new one with you, okay? All right. So Joseph sees how sad they are. It wasn't hard to figure that out. And so Joseph says, what, what's the problem? You know, sometimes that's the wrong thing to ask. I told you about the, the lady that um, was at, on a Sunday morning, no, Sunday evening, a Sunday evening service. She was asked by the pastor to testify, you know, kind of like, how are you doing, sister so-and-so? Stand up and testify. Brother, she stood up and testified. Twenty minutes later, that open in the Bible, she had the medical book open. And she was telling every ache and every pain. And on top of that, she was telling how that she had constipation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and she was not sparing any adjectives. She wanted everybody to know what her situation was. Now, the pastor, on about the 19th minute of this 20-minute testimony, he leaned over to the song leader on the platform, and he said, as soon as she's done and sits down, get the choir up and sing. Oh, okay, I got it, I got it. So, thankfully, old sister so-and-so sat down. The song leader leaped to his feet, got the choir up, and proceeded to sing. I shall not be moved. <laughs> the whole church was in the aisles laughing 
And the pastor had to dismiss service. And that was a Sunday night that they never forgot. Well, I want you to have a different kind of a Sunday night that you'll never forget. I want you to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it will cure every ache and every pain. It'll take care of every situation. I told one young lady, I said, is this the young lady that got the Holy Ghost at camp? Mm -hmm. I said, well, I want you to remember that it's one baptism, but many renewings. So the hint was, you need a renewing. And you let God continue to renew you in the Holy Ghost. You're saved by that. You're saved initially, yes, from sin and from darkness when you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You're delivered from that. You're saved from spirits and sin. But you want to stay saved. And that's why we have Romans through Revelation, so that we, we can be taught how to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that we don't go back to the old path and the old ways. And everybody said amen. amen. And, and it's the flesh, of course, that wants to go back to that. Psalm 106 and verse 13 They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. They run ahead. I'm going to do it my way. They forgot. They didn't wait on the Lord. Some people don't feel like God answers fast enough. God answers exactly when it's right. He knows us. Verse 21 said, They forgot God, their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt. Speaking of Egypt, I left you with Joseph. So Joseph's looking at the sad countenances. He asked them what's wrong. They said, well, I had a dream. I had a dream thus and so. The other guy said, I had a dream similar, and I dreamed thus and so. And so Joseph said, well, he said, let me tell you what your dream meant. And so, you know, you ought to come to the preacher once in a while. Hmm? And uh, before you make a big mess out of things. And so, or a bigger mess. So Joseph told them, and as Joseph told them, so it came to pass. And, uh, you know, you get these people that go around and they claim to be apostles and they claim to be a prophet or a prophetess and all this stuff. And I'm going to tell you what, they're lying and they're just saying junk and you're not big enough to admit to yourself. They're lying. And, and run, baby, run. Get away from that. Okay? So Joseph proved, and he didn't have to prove it, but it proved out that he was a prophet. Because what he said came to pass. And your Bible tells you that if, if somebody claims to be a prophet and tells you something and it doesn't happen, doesn't come to pass, that they're not a prophet. Not of the Lord, anyway. They're not his prophet. So, remember your God and listen. We have a truth. We have a message. It is from the Lord, and I want you to believe that with me today. I want you to remember that the church is earnestly contending. When, when these two individuals had their dreams read to them, their futures laid out for them, one of them was going to die, one of them was going to live. The one that lived was the butler, and you'll be restored back to Pharaoh, and you'll be serving him his cup, and so on and so forth. And the Bible teaches that that happened just like that. And he was told by Joseph, he said, when that happens, I'm telling you, What's going to happen? And when that happens, everybody said amen. amen. I know they're beautiful, but please, hi, I am too. Look at me. <laughs> okay? Okay. He said, when that happens, he said, remember me. Remember me for the good. And old Mr. Butler was in there, and he was pouring and serving, and Pharaoh's happy with him. And he's thrilled to be back, and he's not like the baker that wound up with his head off his body and hanging up there for the buzzers to feed off of. Oh, he's happy that it didn't happen to him. You know, people are going to be so happy to make heaven and that they're not going to be like the rich man that determined he was just going to do it his way and wound up in a place called hell with a full memory of what he, he missed that he could have had. You know. So, thing is that old Mr. old Mr. Butler got to enjoying his blessing so much. Many people come to church and get the blessing. There's a difference between the blessing and the baptism. Okay? You come here 
and you're going to feel good. We're going to sing, and you're going to sing with us. We're going to clap, and you're going to clap with us. We'll be doing this, and you'll be doing You got to learn how we do it, okay? I was listening to you before church. You, you were grading out at about a D. And we got to work on that. We'll get Sister Williams to help you out. That's why we don't have um, tambourines. Have you ever been in a church that has a tambourine? And the person who plays the tambourine thinks they are the greatest. Problem is, they are the worst. And they get everybody off beat. They get, and when you want to be on beat, they got you off beat. When you want to be off beat, they got you on beat. I'm telling you, it's a mess. Nothing but confusion. So anyway, that's when we let the tambourine player, um, we, we let them lead uh, the song when the saints go marching out. Marching right out the door. <laughs> Please take that somewhere else. Okay. All right. We don't want any confusion. But anyway, the... Uh, Joseph said, you remember me now. You remember. Well, you know, about two years went by. Now, two years, the butler was, he was in, having a great time. He was having so much fun with the blessing. Just happy, 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 happy. Two years. Two years of not remembering. Two years of forgetting. Two years of opportunity. And all he had to do in serving that cup was say, Pharaoh, I want to tell you why I'm here today. I, want to, I, want, I need to witness to you. I told one of our Sunday school teachers this morning, I said, I said you, need to, you need to tell some of these young ladies where you came from. You need to tell them your testimony. You need to help them to relate that that one time all those sharks out there swimming around, and you were the bait. You know, you were the 17 and 18-year-old girl, and these 45 and 50-year-old guy. I remember the guy like that girl, and his name was Moses. My God, his name was Moses. What? That couldn't have been more perfect, right? <laughs> he could have been her father. He wanted to be her boyfriend. You know? Oh yeah. It can get mighty confusing and mighty twisted up, and you can, and the devil just make a fool out of you. That's what he, you know, we make saints out of people. The devil makes fools out of people. What you want to be? You want to be a saint or you want to be a fool? Your choice. Choice is yours. God's given you an opportunity. And here's old Mr. Mr. Butler having a great time enjoying the blessing. He's singing. He's learning how to clap. Woo! We even got a guy around here that wants to show us how to dance. This ain't a club. We don't have a sign up there, neon and pulsing, you know. We don't have lights going every which way here. This is not a club. Now, we'll sing, do your dance, but it's understood that you do your Holy Ghost dance that only God can give you. Okay? And I don't have enough grace to imitate that. So I'm going to let that slide by. Maybe I just don't have the moves. <laughs> Maybe I don't want those moves. I think I lost those moves in the, in the baptismal tank many, many, many years ago. Everybody said amen. And here's old Mr. Butler. And he finally, oh, he finally wakes up. Takes a tape off of his mouth and says, Pharaoh! You know what God had to do to get that to happen? He had to give Pharaoh a dream. And so Pharaoh comes with his countenance all down one day, and he's in a bad mood. He's throwing things all over the palace, bouncing off the wall. That's my good china. I don't care. He throws that china. He's upset. And the, and the butler is ducking with his cup. What's wrong? I had a bad dream last night. Must have been that Taco Bell. You can tell I'm not very big on Taco Bell. Right? Well, you know, I got, I've got Spanish people, man. They make tacos, okay? All they make down there is, is belly aches. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, he, uh, he tells him about his dream. And he said, and I don't know what it means. And so ding, 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 ding. Finally, Mr. Butler says, I got the man. I know the dude. You know, I've got people in this town that will tell you. You want to go to church? Go to senior pastor church. You want to hear the truth? Go to senior pastor. Where are they? They're not here. Just like the butler, you know. But they will tell you. 
Jehutren. And uh, so, Joseph gets pulled out of jail. Gets cleaned up, scrubbed up, haircut, shaved, whole nine yards. Brand new suit. You know, we know, how to, we know how to treat people. We know how to help people. Because once we were that way. Got them all fixed up and brought them before Pharaoh. And here's the butler looking at Joseph. And Joseph looking at the butler. Two years, pal. Two years. You left me languishing two years. He didn't even have Romans 8 and 28 then to fall back on, did he? Oh, brother. And that butler said, I do remember my faults this day. I should have told you about Joseph a long time ago. Well, you know what? Remember something. You and I have one better than Joseph. We have the Holy Ghost. We have Jesus Christ in our hearts we have this baptism of the Holy Ghost that he gave his life for on the cross. And we need to tell people. We need to, we need to hand out those tracts. We need to assemble ourselves for outreach. And we need to be telling people on the job and everywhere we go at the proper time and the proper way. Don't lose your job over. I'm not saying that. You give your full day's work. But we need to find that opportunity in that moment. And we need to tell what all God did for us and we don't have religion, we've got salvation, and it's right here, chapter and verse, and just focus in on your testimony and what God has done and is doing for you. Don't forget God, and don't forget what he's done for you, and don't forget the, his name above everything. You tell him, I am baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, I am. I'm going to close with 2 Timothy 1 and 6. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. Nothing like going first when you want second. 2 Timothy 1 and 6. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Our prayers for you at this offering. And your, what you receive and what God gives to you is no, it's not religion. It's not for you to just get a good little feeling. You know, you can drink a Sprite and get a good little feeling, I suppose. You know, we're talking about something much deeper, something that is designed to be world without end, to bless you a hundredfold in this life and in the world to come, life everlasting. We're not talking about something playful and jokey and here today and gone tomorrow. We're talking about, we're not talking about fake and phony and counterfeit. We're talking about the real thing here. It's an unfeigned, it's, it's, it's not plastic, okay? It's genuine. And so you need to, we want to, you to remember. We want to put you in remembrance. And that's why we're going to teach you again and again in Sunday school, Okay? Again and again. We're going to teach you again and again. We want you to become a contender. We want you to get, on, get in the church, be on the team, be on the firing line. Be out there in, a, in a, not a physical fight for God, but a spiritual warfare. All right? Everybody said amen? amen. Okay. Chapter 2 and verse 14 said it this way. Of these things, put them in remembrance charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words. Oh, we're not going to gossip. Not about words. To no profit and to the subverting of the hearers. We don't have anything to tell people that's going to undermine them, that's going to ruin their lives. We've got, we've got, we're studying. That's the next book. It says, study to show thyself approved. We're, we're studying the book. We're learning it by chapter and verse. We're getting it by subject matter so that we can, can, can convey something to you, express something to you, give something to you that's going to lift you up, that's going to improve your lifestyle, okay? When I came into church, I didn't have two cents to rub together. I, I'm going to stretch your faith. I did have long hair, believe it. Had the chinny-chin-chin chin long before Leo ever came along and all them other dudes. 
long before that, okay? But when I came into church and I had no direction, had no motivation, didn't have any of that stuff. But you know, I got, I got witness to somebody that was a, a gambler who no longer gambled. He actually would leave his job every day at 1 o'clock. He was a subcontractor. Left his job every day at 1 o'clock to make the last races, to place his bets. And he told me, he said, man, he said, the last time I was running out down the uh, steps to go to the races, and he said, and I fell and I broke my ankle. He said, but I went on to the races, and then I went to the hospital. That's how bad his gambling addiction was. You can get addicted to things. You can get addicted to peanut butter. You hear me? A spirit will get into anything if it will distract you and pull you away from serving God and put you in a place where you don't remember the name of God, much less never learn it. And uh, he witnessed to me. He got baptized in Jesus' name. He got the Holy Ghost. He didn't gamble again in his life. And he's still alive today and doesn't gamble. Okay? So I'm saying he witnessed to me. And here I am. You know, he owns me the bottom. Nah, I don't want that. You know, I just knew so much. I was just so smart alecky. Thank God he just let that roll off his back like water off a duck. And uh, he came back again. And pretty soon I said, hey. Is that a Bible you offered me? You got that? He said, yes. And he pulled out a bigger Bible. Gave me a bigger Bible. And that was the beginning. I read the Bible. And I repent. Okay. Was baptized in Jesus' name. Okay. With the Holy Ghost. Okay. And the rest is history. Forty, Almost 40 plus years of history. And no regrets whatsoever. Only thing I ever complained to God about is me. That's it. Nothing wrong with God. Nothing wrong with anything he's doing. Just, just me, Lord. Help me to do better. And you should feel the same way. We're not, we're not going to get involved with words that cause strife. Let's get involved with the word that saves souls. Let's get, our, let's get off Facebook and get on our face in the book. Wouldn't that be better? Be much better results. Be better for us and all that hear us. Amen. And amen. All right. I'm going to close, and I am telling you that over and over again, the prophet, inspired of God, kept saying, I'm going to stir up your mind by way of remembrance. I want you to remember. We don't want things to die out of our memories and these children that are coming up. We've got to, we've got to remember it to tell them. And we've got to tell them so that they'll grow up in the church and that they'll, God will give them a help meet spouse and that they'll have children and they'll train those children and it will go on until Jesus returns that we won't forget Do you know there are countries and I can name three right now Latavia and Estonia and Lithuania 85% of the population of those countries do not believe in God because their generations kept going and going and telling them there is no God until almost 85 plus percent don't believe there's a God. Okay? We want to do just the opposite. We want to remember the name of our God. We want to give this truth, and we want to generation after generation that they will raise up their next generation and tell them, remember God. His name is Jesus Christ. You repent. You get baptized in His name. You get filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't want to let that die out. Amen. Amen. I always wondered whatever happened to the children of the man that in battle, and he died, and they were the battle was so heavy they couldn't take time, and they saw a pit, and, and it was a sepulcher. It was a, a burial place. And they took the guy, and they, it, was, it was a sepulcher of the prophet, Elisha, and they took the guy, and they threw him in there. And uh, the next thing you know, the guy popped up, and he was alive because God keeps his word. God remembers his promises. Do you remember yours? God remembers his. And, and God promised the prophet that he'd give him twice as many miracles as his teacher. And so God still owed him one. And he's dead. And they threw this guy in, the, in, his, in his sepulcher and God performed a miracle and the guy was raised from the dead. And God said, nah. Nah. And I keep my word. I keep my promise. 
Now you know that had to test somebody's faith. I thought you said you'd give me twice as many and now I'm going to die. And God said, don't worry about it. I got it all under control. <laughs> got it all planned out. Every bit of it. Let's stand together. So make sure you remember God because He's remembering you. He cares about you. He cares about you. He knows right where you are. He knows right where you're living. Want some old nasty person coming around and snatching you and messing up your life? The Lord wants you to give your life to Him now. He wants you to repent. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name and He'll wash away all your sins and then He'll give you the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you will be the happiest, among the happiest people on the planet. You surely will. Let's take a moment. Lift our hearts with our hands. Let's love the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Holy God. I worship you, Holy God. I need you, Holy Spirit. Lord, you are awesome. Come on now.